In an interview with Harvard Business Review, poet Maya Angelou explained how leaders develop courage. Angelou said she learned from her mother that we aren't born with courage. Instead, we develop courage. Angelou explained, And you develop it by doing small, courageous things, in the same way that one wouldn't set out to pick up a 100-pound bag of rice. If that was one's aim, the person would be advised to pick up a 5-pound bag, and then a 10-pound, and then a 20-pound, and so forth, until one builds up enough muscle to actually pick up 100 pounds. And that's the same way with courage. You develop courage by doing courageous things, small things, but things that cost you some exertion, mental and, I suppose, spiritual exertion. Angelou's advice certainly resonates with the lifelong leadership lessons of Billy Graham. Throughout his life, Billy made decisions that kept him growing in the virtue of courage. As a highly visible leader, every statement and off-the-cuff comment was evaluated, assessed, and analyzed. He often found himself the target of criticism from the press and even from church leaders. All through the decades of his ministry, he lived with a constant awareness that at any time he could get gunned down by an assassin. He often received hate mail. The FBI and police informed him about numerous death threats. He was always in the public eye, knowing that at any moment someone could take a shot at him, just as someone shot John and Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King Jr., John Lennon, and Ronald Reagan. On one occasion, a man called Billy at his hotel and warned, Mr. Graham, some of us are going to kill you before midnight tonight. On another occasion, early in his ministry, he was leading a service when, in the middle of it, he was told a pastor had called to warn him a man was coming to murder him. Billy told the audience about it, but continued with the service. Death threats, hate mail, dialogue with hostile intellectuals or cynical reporters, critics on the left and the right, the ire of ecclesiastical critics and self-appointed heresy hunters, at nearly every step along his ministry, Graham had to choose to pick up a ten, twenty, or thirty-pound weight of courage. At times, on major initiatives, he diligently and with great thoroughness sought wisdom and counsel before devoting his full energies to implementing a plan of action, only to see his efforts assaulted. Naturally, at times he got discouraged. But throughout his ministry, Billy also displayed a consistent pattern of living courageously. This chapter explores what true courage looks like as displayed in Billy's character. Start with Surrender for Billy, courage never came from sheer heroic human strength or the force of willpower. Instead, his life demonstrated a biblical principle. True courage is a byproduct of trusting God and surrendering our fears to Him on a daily basis. His wife Ruth once expressed this truth when she said that true peace and courage comes from believing that nothing can touch a child of God without His permission. One of the most profound displays of Billy's courageous leadership occurred on his historic trip to Communist Russia in 1982. None of his trips were as fraught with complexity and controversy before, during, and after the trip. Billy had numerous chances to ditch his convictions and run away from the opportunity, but he stuck to his convictions, took the trip to Russia, and then defended his actions. What sustained Billy as he faced the onslaught of objections and criticisms about his decision to preach in Russia? It was primarily his consistent surrender to God and God's mission for his life. 
Graham's vision for ministry in the Soviet Union had begun long before 1982. In 1959, though unable to get permission to hold meetings there, he visited the Soviet Union as a tourist. Sitting with friend and ministry partner Grady Wilson, Billy gazed across the vast expanse of an empty Lenin Stadium in Moscow. The Great Colosseum, site of Soviet athletic triumphs and numerous Communist Party celebrations, felt strangely impotent without the throngs of Russian spectators. He envisioned standing before those masses, preaching the good news of Christ in a country where God had been outlawed. Communist officials had barred him from speaking publicly, so instead Billy simply bowed his head and prayed that God would one day bring him back to the Soviet capital and allow him to share the gospel. And yet for decades it seemed as if that was one prayer God would never answer. An unrealistic pipe dream that